Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talk to a man whose name is Bradley Jay. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in. To see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. WBZ, you're live, midnight to five. We're Jay talking. I'm glad to have you with us. Sad day today in the music world. Rick Okasik of the Cars passed on uh, rather unexpectedly. And we'll talk a lot about that. We'll we'll remember the cars at length later on. But I'm pretty pleased to have, no, I'm very pleased to have Jim Sullivan with us. Jim Sullivan, Boston Globe rock critic yeah, from back in the day, current contributor to Best Classic Bands and The Hard Noise and Rock and Roll Globe and Cape Cod Times and Rock's Back Pages. It's the Jim Sullivan. How do you do, Jim? Hey, Bradley. How are you? Great. Well, you're the perfect, one of the, Two perfect guys to have on and talk about this, and I'm really glad that I was able to snag you late at night. And I, many, many thanks for coming on late. No, no problem. I'm up. I'm here, and uh, like everybody, I uh, saw the news and uh, you know went into that kind of well, the, that little shock that we all do whenever something like this happens. It's so unexpected. Yes, this one, you know, you you, you didn't think about. I didn't think about Rick Ocasek much recently, and so I'm sort of surprised it was that much of a shock. But when, you know, when a guy like Rick O goes, a little of us goes, too. Yeah, he kind of disappeared, didn't he, from uh, the scene, from both as a, uh, obviously, as a member of the Cars and a solo artist and, and as a producer. I mean, remember how prolific he was uh, as a producer, aside from all the car stuff he did. Um, but, uh, you know, in recent years, not so much. I, and I don't know why. Uh, I have no speculation about his withdrawal, uh, or nor do I do about his death. Um, have you heard anything more about uh, any reason for Kozov? No, just apparently natural causes is the last I see. Yeah. There, there is yeah. some. Uh, there are a lot of errors out there concerning his age. Uh, yeah, a lot of people saying seventy-five, but it's born in nineteen forty-nine, which would put him at approximately seventy. I think actually the seventy-five is correct. You do. Yeah, I do. Uh, Rick fudged his age here and oh, there. Oh, okay. Uh, because, well, as, as we know, I mean, they were a generation, maybe a generation plus, from the punk new wave stuff that happened in the mid-late 70s. Uh, Rick had been around for a long time, playing with Benjamin Orr and Captain Swing and uh, others, uh, other groups before punk and new wave hit and then when the cars came to fruition and then that amazing success with that first album uh you know he was he was up there he was over he was 
you know, considerably older than his contemporaries. Let's put it that way. So I think 75 really is the right age. All right. Well, one of those is wrong. One is wrong. 70 yeah. or 75 is wrong. Right, so there right. are, in fact, there's an error out there somewhere. There is, yeah. So yeah. for me, the cars are important because, well, because we loved them. But, you know, you had the prog rock, the fat rock of the 70s, then you had the punk tear it down, and then you had bands like that. The, that post-punk wave, that new wave coming in and rebuilding things. Bands like The Pretenders and, well, well Gary Newman, Devo, and Talking Heads, and the cars were huge. But the cars were huge. They kind of walked the line between quirky and mainstream. Thoughts? They did, absolutely. Um, I was looking back through some of my notes over the years, and there was one thing David Robinson, their drummer, told me, uh, just talking about what the band did, and I, I like this quote. He said, we did not want to be our music to be so artsy that you could not understand it, but we wanted to be artistic. And I thought that was sort of a, a fairly good and succinct description of the, the line that they walked. And, uh, you know, there were many of them. I mean, there were obviously these killer pop hooks that just ran through, well, especially the first album, but continuing on, uh, you know, throughout the 80s as well. Um, but that also, that as people have certainly talked about, the cool, the detachment, the sort of brooding quality, the sort of... Um, uh, sort of latent sexuality, but but sort of couched in in different terminology, if you will, uh, and a certain cynicism sometimes that uh, didn't always uh, you didn't always find in mainstream music. Um, I remember, I mean, from the first album, that song "You're All I've Got Tonight." Remember that? Yeah. Uh, that was, I mean, just that was uh, a come on, you know, to to a girl he's met. But that come on meaning you're all I've got tonight. Wow. <laughs> so a, uh, they yeah. owned, or one of them owned Synchro Sound on Newbury Street, right? They did. Yeah, that was the the studio on. Um, yeah. Uh, that was the epicenter. For Three three thirty Newbury Street, I believe, and I guess it was the Boston Globe referred to it as their little clubhouse. I'm yeah, sh- yeah sh- it, it, it was certainly for them and for for many others that they brought into it. Uh, I think it was it. No, I was trying to think where you know, the location. It was at the upper end of Newbury, I guess, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But. Um, no, I mean, it. Uh, I, just for a moment, just on the production stuff Rick did, I mean, that was one of the cool things about when they became successful. Uh, he really reached out to bands that were, yeah, shall we say, less successful that he was trying to build uh, and help out. Certainly the first of them, most notably, would be Suicide. Um, also the Bad Brains. Um, we, uh, Weezer, back when Weezer was uh, very new. Um, trying to think, Romeo Void, right? Uh, a number number of bands that uh, you know he was involved with, and you know his stamp as a producer. I mean, it didn't guarantee success, but it was just a cool thing that a guy who had, after many years of struggling, I mean, let's face it, it took a long time for the Cars to get to that first album success. Um, you know, he, he he gave it back and uh, and wanted to help others get get that uh, that rung on the ladder. I really appreciate you checking in, Jim, and uh, you know, any, let me know anything anytime I can do something for you in return. Oh, no, no problem, Bradley. Thank you for having me. That's Jim Sullivan, WBZ, Boston's News Radio, and Steve Morris, also uh, formerly of the Globe, now a teacher, instructor at uh, Berkeley 
College of Music or School of Music? Is is it rock history, Steve? Yes, rock history, exactly. And, of course, the cars are in it. Well, I'm going to give the floor to you and let you run with it. Well, the the, the floor is uh, pretty soon I'll be hitting it. I'm, I'm just pouring some Jameson over here. Um, Good. I, I, appreciate, I, uh, I appreciate you being here so late and so last minute. I'm really thankful. Well, I, I, I appreciate you, you having me on, and I heard Jim, my colleague, uh, former colleague Jim Sullivan on. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, sad night, uh, and for me personally, I was hired at the Boston Globe in 1978 when uh, the Cards' first album came out. So I was starting to interview Rick back in those days, and I interviewed him pretty much for you know most of the records that came out afterwards and he was a very humble guy a uh, very smart guy very uh much a beatnik kind of beatnik poet type of guy uh born kind of out of time a little bit uh witty uh, just uh you know the, the kind of guy he didn't like uh performing that much i mean he really preferred the studio uh he preferred writing songs uh you know, he he just uh, wasn't one of those rah-rah guys who jumped around on stage and made a fool of himself, you know, which <laughs> was common in those days. And, of course, with MTV coming on and everything got so theatrical and so overblown. And, you know, Rick was, was I mean, he dressed, you know, kind of flamboyantly and whatnot. But he was not that kind of guy. I mean, he, he was uh, uncomfortable jumping around on stage. Uh uh, and when they went to Europe, the first time they went to Europe, the cars got blasted in a lot of reviews because people said, oh, this guy's kind of a Bowie wannabe. You know, they really came down hard on Rick and that sent him into a shell, uh, really, really bothered him. So, I mean, he really just preferred uh, offstage, behind the scenes uh, songwriting. How does Rick figure into your course in rock history? Well, um, you know, covering the, the late 70s, the whole punk, uh, uh, you know, period. And then it, it of course, uh, uh, evolved into New Wave. And that's where the cars became so popular. They kind of took a, you know, punk, uh, you know, sensibility and a bit of a punk guitar sound. And then mixed it with some of the synthesizers that were coming in during the MTV period. And, you know, they were in the vanguard of a new sound. Um, and if you lived in Boston, I mean, it was just an exhilarating period, particularly because of your your, your former uh, station, WBCN. Uh, you guys were all over that first Cars record. And the first single, Just What I Needed, was uh, all over WBCN. Max and Zatori played it, as I recall. and uh, Just an exhilarating period. And, and they had three hits from that record and it sold six million copies and it was everywhere i mean you know bye bye love remember the, my boyfriend's girl yeah, yeah uh everywhere i mean those songs were just uh you know you couldn't turn on uh, wbcn without hearing it you know rick had an alternative very alternative sensibility even though they were darlings of the mainstream you know rick as you know would produce really very Alternative bands like Suicide with Alan Vega and Romeo Void and more. Did did uh, you talk to him about any of that kind of thing? 
Oh, sure. Um, and it, it's, it's, you know, he didn't try to produce superstar bands, did he? I mean, he didn't, uh, you, you know, he wanted to, to help out uh, people who were on the fringes, uh, who he felt were overlooked maybe during the punk era and the whole transition into the new wave years. Um, you know, he really, uh, you know, he cared. I mean, he, he, he cared about music. He, you know, he, he passionate about his lyrics. Um, Did you ever have a chance to to hang around with them at Synchro Sound over the, the studio that they bought over on Newbury Street? You know, I mostly hung out just to interview them there. I mean, I guess I was not on their party list. I mean, I was <laughs> a journalist for the Globe. I wasn't, uh, uh, you, you know, I mean, I go, I talked to Rick. Really, the only times I went there were to to talk to Rick. Um, and they only made one album there. I mean, people think, oh, gee, they recorded all these albums. But they just made one album there. Um, they rented the studio out to a lot of other people. Um, but if Rick had his druthers, I think he'd probably have done all the albums there. I mean, he loved it. It was it was, uh, it was his kind of like clubhouse. I mean, it, you know, his escape from, from, you know, the rest of the world. Um, but he... he uh, prolific guy i heard jim you know talking that way about how prolific he was he was a prolific family man too he had six sons uh from three different women and that's 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 pretty that's pretty active um so he you know he had all these these multiple sides to him and uh, he just was very averse to to playing the rock star role he, he he was you know i describe him as a reluctant rock star i mean he he, he didn't go out for every uh, camera that, that came into his face. I mean, he he really shunned publicity, except when there was an album out and he had something to talk about. Otherwise, uh, you know, he really didn't do any interviews. I really appreciate you staying up a little late and hanging around with us. It means a lot to get your input on this. So thanks, Steve, and let's hang out soon. Yeah, well, I'm doing an appreciation of some kind for the Globe. I still write occasionally for them, so I'm going to do something for Tuesday's paper. So I'll be putting that together tomorrow. But it's a very emotional night for me. Um, and uh, I would think for you, too, because, you know, WBCN was, uh, was, was right in the thick of that whole success. And Boston was in the success. I mean, you know, we just came off the band Boston in 1976, having the top selling debut album of all time to that point. And then a year or two later come the cars. I mean, the focus in the industry was on Boston then, which was very exciting for all of us who were involved. So it's, it's, it's a sad day to, to think that Rick is gone. But thanks, Bradley, and, and I'll catch up to you down the road, man. Absolutely. Say hello to Mr. Jameson for me. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. All right. Take care, Steve. Steve Morse, Boston Globe and uh, Berklee College of Music. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.